0: Highland Sport is brought to you by Michael Murphy Sports and Leisure. Gear up for the big games at michaelmurphysports.ie. A very good evening. Welcome along to another edition of The Score. Coming up on tonight's programme, we'll hear from Donegal player and uh, 2012 All-Ireland winner Eamon McGee as we look ahead to Donegal against this Sunday in the top-of-the-table clash. ...in Division 2 of the Alliance National Football League. The Donegal Hurlers are making the short trip to Oma this weekend... ...to take on their neighbours Tyrone in Division 2B. We'll also be speaking with Donegal captain Conor Gartland. And in this week's League of Ireland chat... ...Chris Ashmore will be joined by former Finn Harps manager... ...and captain Anthony Gorman. And it's uh, with uh, League of Ireland Soccer we begin. Of course, Finn Harps are in action tomorrow night. Their first home game of the season as they welcome one of the favourites for the first division title, Cork City to Bally Buffet. Now, if you can't make that game uh, tomorrow night, there is a big crowd expected for it since it's the first home one of the year. And if you're not there, tune Highlands Way, we will have updates as from the 7-45 uh, kick Harps, of course, are going to end the game off the back of uh, an excellent one against Longford Town. 2-0 down, and then they fought back then to win it by three goals to two uh, last Saturday night at Bishop's Gate. Now, before we look ahead to the Cork game and the addition of Luke O'Brien, Harps boss Darren Murphy has been telling Chris Ashmore that it's been a good opening week.
1: It's nice to get a positive start, it's nice to go to Longford and score three goals away from home, all from open play. So that's hugely important. Uh, it didn't start the way we wanted, but it certainly finished the way we wanted. Uh, the players have to take a man's credit for that. You know, They could have maybe, a 2-0 down, thought to themselves, here we go again, a bit like last year at times. But uh, they were able to stay in the game, and then they got themselves back into the game with a goal before half time. And then they were able to regroup and go out the second half and give it a real goal. And on their second half performance, we probably deserved the three points. Uh, If truth be told, I thought we were very, very good in the second half.
2: Since we spoke to you last, a couple of changes of personnel. Ryan Flood won't be part of the plans, but you have uh, a new man.
1: Yeah, we've new man, Luke O'Brien. Obviously, he's coming in loan from St Potts. I'd like to thank them for their help. Obviously, as you get close to the end of the window, it's very hard player-wise, but... We were made aware of Luke, uh, it's an area obviously when we've lost Kevin Jordan and Connor Tourish who are both injured at the moment. Defensively we need, we need players to, to come in and compete and, and look, Luke's a, an Irish international at underage so he'll bring a bit of quality, uh, he'll bring competition which is good. Ryan for family reasons is away way back to America but again anyone that knows me and has, has spoke to me over this past six weeks I'm just one that really concentrates on the players that are available. Uh, And that's nothing against the players that aren't available. It's just they can't affect the game. So I try and not let them affect my mind. Uh, I just let my mind be affected by the ones that can affect the game.
2: And the uh, two goal scorers against Longford, great for new guys to come in and hit the ground running.
1: Yeah, brilliant. Uh, great for success. As a, as a number nine, you want to score goals and you want to get off the mark very quickly. So he's got himself off the mark. He, he, had, a, he had a reasonable game against uh, Longford. Uh, Long may that continue. Young and Boulay, obviously a, a Bally Buffet boy. Uh, so it's great for him, you know, to score a winning goal in, in the first division for his hometown club, and it's something I'm sure he'll remember for a, for quite a while. So again, it gives me food for thought. You know, obviously marks come on and impressed. Like all the subs, all played their part. You know, Max Hutchison come on and, and he played his part in that as well. Young Chris Latife again another de- nor debut for him. So look, it, it was a good evening, but again people are probably bored of me saying that it's it's only one game and it's only three points so on to the next one
2: now turning to the big game of the weekend home to cork cork are going to be the favorites to, to win the league at, but it's a great opening game that there'll be a real buzz about finn park
1: yeah there'll be a buzz about finn park there's no doubt you look at cork obviously last week at home to carry and and they're able to have five and a half thousand people at the game to have the, the tag as favourites, and rightly so. You know, they are a Premier Division club in waiting. There, there's absolutely no doubt about that. And, and last week showed that with the following, that they were able to to get to their ground. I'm under no doubt that we will have a very, very good crowd at, at Finn Park this weekend. The one thing that the, the fans have always been in my time here have been very supportive. Uh, they've obviously had that wee glimmer of hope last week away at Longford, and it's a great start. People say to me, you know... It's a difficult one, I think they're all difficult games in the first division, I don't think there's any freebies Uh, So you have to play everybody at some stage So look, uh, it's two teams that are going into this game uh, high in confidence As I say, we have a really good away win under our belt They have a really good home win under their belt So I'm sure they'll come come to Finn Park looking to get a a second win in a row And, And I just want our boys to go out and compete the way they competed at Longford And if we do that then we'll be okay and in terms of the training and, and how near people are to sort of peak fitness, where, where are we at? Are, are most of the guys pretty much there? We've been good. Uh, our pre-season's been good. The reasons behind that, Chris, obviously, are the fact that we've been in together a long time. We're in nearly seven weeks now, eight weeks. Uh, there's only been a few additions added late to the squad, but the likes of young Luke, who's just come in has done a full pre-season with POTS, never missed a session. Young Chris Latifi, obviously, done a, f- a, a full pre-season with Bohemians before he come here, so we're good. We're good, and I'm. Uh, I'm well pleased with the fitness levels. Obviously, Nicola, Gary, and Owen have done a lot of work in that. You know, in the in the physical department. So, uh, well pleased. And again, as a, uh, you need that. You need your fitness levels to be good this time of the year, especially with the pitches being heavy. So, uh, let's hope that we can go out and we can give a really good account of ourselves in the game.
2: And finally, just uh, in terms of
1: the transfer window. Are we likely to see any more movement? I don't know. You can never say never. Obviously, it's open to Thursday. Uh, I'm sure tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday, will be busy days. It'll be other managers maybe trying to get players out and loan. It's a matter of me maybe having to sit down with the chairman and and, and the people that make end decisions, seeing if if there's any any wiggle room uh, for myself. But, you know, you never say never. I'm not actively looking But if something maybe falls in my lap, a bit like Luke, then it's something that you have to assess at the time.
0: That's the Fun Harps boss, Darren Murphy, looking ahead to that game uh, tomorrow night. Uh, By the way, a supporters bus is uh, running to Bally Buffet from Remelton and stopping off at a number of uh, venues in Letterkenny en route to the Fun Harps game. It's leaving Remelton at 6 o'clock tomorrow night, Friday. All the details are available on the Fun Harps media or the Fun Harps social media channels. Well, in this week's League of Ireland chat, Chris Ashmore has been joined by former Fun Harps manager and captain Anthony Gorman. There was a number of topics up for discussion, including Harps' first home game of the year against Cork, Derry City's trip to Slager Rovers on Saturday night, the FAI's football pathway plan and improved stadia around the league.
2: Well, Anthony, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us uh, this evening as we look at the SSE Tristy League, or the League of Ireland, as many of us refer it to as now. It's been a, a good start to the season. There's uh, great expectations, a lot of positivity about the league, and fair to say it's very much on a, an upward curve these days.
3: Absolutely, Chris. Uh, it has been for, for the last number of years, you know, especially in the Premier Division. And I think the clubs like Shamrock Rovers deserve an awful lot of credit for you know, the facilities that they've put in place and, and made going to the League of Ireland football much more attractive than what it had been over the last fifteen, twenty years. Um, I mean, we've seen that last year the crowds were up, uh, the the teams were getting really good attendances, and I think the whole season, you know, finished off with a showpiece that the the FAI Cup final there was over forty thousand at, at the Viva. You know, so that tells you the upward tra- trajectory that the, the league is uh, is on at the moment,
2: Chris. Yeah, and a lot of the clubs uh, were finding that they were pretty much sell-out crowds for, for most of their home games. And, you know, if, if you have the stadia, the crowds will come, particularly if the facilities are there. The standard has been improving. Bohemians have plans for a new stadium. We all know what's happening, Finn Harps. Hopefully, eventually, that, that will... Happen as well. Sligo Rovers have big plans. Dundalk, their new chairman, calling Oriel Park a pigsty. Uh, such a a big soccer town. So one would like to think maybe in ten years' time, uh, the majority of stadiums will be modern stadiums and fit for purpose.
3: Yeah, I think I think you're right there, Chris. But I think you know the League of Ireland have to have to play a really big part in that as well because you know over the last number of years, they've, they've certain guidelines in place for clubs in terms of licensing and all. Probably one of the most important things, especially for supporters, is the stadiums that they have in place. And that that has seemed to be overlooked over the last, especially, say, the last 20 years, when too much money was was spent on on the playing side of things and not not enough off the field. And I know it's very important that, that you're, you're successful on the pitch, and you look at the success that Dundalk have had over the last 10 years, and And the money that they've generated, and they've had runs in Europe. But you look at Oriel Park, and it is still the same Oriel Park that I went to when I was a a lad playing for Donegal Schoolboys in probably 1983 or 84. And I remember going and playing in Oriel Park, and it was brilliant for for a kid at that age. But Oriel Park hasn't changed. The only thing that's really changed is the playing surface, where they've gone from grass to astroturf. The way that Society is at the moment, as well, and everything people expect much more than what they're getting. And, and League of Ireland football should be no different, Chris. And I think the League of Ireland, with their licensing, they must put pressure on clubs like like Dundalk, like Drada, uh to name but two that, that are Premier Division clubs. You know, they must do more to, to provide better facilities for their supporters.
2: Now, we're hearing a lot at the moment about pathways and summer soccer and you know what's your your take on, on the season do you think long term it is best that the whole country is playing on off a, a calendar based year
3: i do chris uh, i think it's very important um you know number one i suppose for from a league of Ireland point of view you know it's it's improved it certainly has improved the standard uh, now i'm not saying that been all down to summer football or whatever and uh like, I suppose from my point of view, i more of a traditionalist where I like, you know, English football to be on a Saturday at three o'clock and, you know, the Irish league's always been Saturday at three o'clock and, you know, they're talking about changing as well. From an Ireland point of view, from League of Ireland down to junior football, I think it's very important that all football is played, you know, in the same, be it calendar year or be it, uh, like, the traditional football season because, like, I know from my own involvement in schoolboy football over the last number of years where you know, you could be playing like here in Donegal we play from March through to September, October. You're, you're doing well in some of the national competitions well. You know, you're playing the, the DDSL clubs, they're they're playing like the winter season. So you're at a disadvantage straight away, you know. Like we, we had to run the FDA Junior Cup there ourselves at Leather County Rovers and it's important that, you know, we were playing in, in the, the format that we are because if we were playing summer football, you know, we would have ended up you know, not having not playing games and, and being matched fit. So I think it's important that that whatever the f a a come up with that it's a nationwide agreement. I'm not fully in agreement with the f a a putting it out there to the to the leagues and the clubs and you know, I I'm very much of the thought that you can't have the tail wagging the dog, Chris. I think that the f a a must be more assertive and like if they want to go summer football They've got to make a call on it and if, if they want if they wanna go traditional from August through to May, well so be it. But they have to they have to be strong. They're the governing body. They have to be saying what way it should be. And I don't think what, what we have up here at the moment I don't think you would have in, in England or that. Like and I, and I know we're competing with GAA and other sports, but they have to be strong in, in their values and their beliefs. I think they have to take a stronger stand on that.
2: Well, we'll certainly see over the next year or two. It's it's a lot going on at the moment. And if we just tur- turn to the opening day of action, uh, Derry City beating Drada in their first game. Uh, Ronan Boyce continuing on from where he left off last season, getting on the score sheet. Uh, he's been a great young player for City. And Pat Hoban arriving from Dundalk, their all-time scorer. He also got off the mark uh, with a goal. A good start for Derry against a side that have caused them quite a few problems in recent years.
3: Yeah, it was a good start for Derry, and uh, you know with the with the advantage of having you know the LOY TV. I mean, you can flick over and back of the games, and you can um, obviously Derry been at home in the Brandywell. You know your dentist the there. You've got Ronan Boyce playing and um, a local lad here, and obviously there's a lot of pressure. on on Derry City this year to challenge for the league and, and give it a better run than what they did last year, especially with the financial support that they have behind them. Great start for Derry, great opening goal by Ronan Boyce, you know, brilliant finish off his left foot. Now the only there was a real turning point in that game you know Drogheda got the penalty and you'd expect uh, Brennan to, to put the penalty away, but it was a brilliant save by Brian Maher. And then not long after that, they go up the lower end of the pitch and, and Pat Hogan comes in and, and scores on his debut and that's that's what he's there for. Somebody like huben you know, that's been there and done it in the League of Ireland, you know, he could be a player that makes all the difference for Derry City. Over the last number of years, they haven't really had that out-and-out 15-20 out goal a season striker. I know Jimmy McGonigal scored a lot of goals, for him, but a lot of his goals would have been cup competitions and, you know, maybe not against the top teams. But I think in huben they've got, obviously, the, the top striker in the league and... Uh, They've certainly laid down a marker for for the season to come with their their opening day victory.
2: Now, if we look at the uh, fixtures for this coming weekend in the top flights, more mouth-watering than on the opening day. Uh, Shamrock Rovers, who played out that 1-1 draw with Dundalk, they're away to Shelburne. There's another Dublin derby, St. Pat's against Bowes. And Derry City make the relatively short trip down to the showgrounds for a northwest derby. Against a Sligo side, Anthony, who have... Uh, also, pause city some problems of late.
3: They have yeah, and uh, you know, again watching the highlights from the Sligo game last week, they'll be very disappointed that they they didn't come away with, from Derrymount with all three points. Because you know, leading two one going into the, the final stages of the game and conceding it was a good, like it was a really good goal that Bo scored, a, a good cutback and a, a fine header. But uh, you know, when you go two one up and you're you get to that stage, uh, you should be able to see the game out, and uh, you know Sligo will be disappointed. But I'm sure John Russell going to Daily Mount would have, would have taken a point, uh, because it was a difficult season for Sligo last year, and you know there's a lot of talk whether or not John Russell would still be in the job. But to be fair to the club, they backed them, and uh, they made the call quite early towards the end of last season. It got rid of any doubt that Sligo Rovers had in and what way they were looking forward. It's a big game for Sligo this weekend. I'm sure that if you give John Russell a point at this stage, you might take it, given the the strength that Derry have in, in their in their ranks this season, Chris.
2: Yeah. Okay. Elsewhere, it's draw against Waterford and Dundalk against uh, Galway. Moving on to Division 1, well, Finharp's uh, going into their fixture uh, this weekend against uh, title favourites Cork. Uh, on the back of that great 3-2 win in Longford. And for Darren Murphy and all involved in Harp, the fact that we had two of the new signings getting on the score sheet, that that really is a great boost.
3: Yeah, and it, it's a great start for Phil Harps. You know, you, you look at how the game started off for them and they were 2-0 down after, I think it was 14 minutes. They'll not be really happy with the manner in which they conceded the, the two goals. Chris, uh, you know, I thought... Tim Heimer, who, who was really good for Harps last year, I thought he was he would, could have done better for both goals, um, especially the first one. But they showed great character in coming back in the way they did, and they, they thoroughly deserved a victory. I mean, um, the performance after the 2-0 down was really good. A brilliant opening day performance by success up top. He scored a, a really good uh, solo goal to bring them back into the game. And then his, his general play... His hold up play, his ability to bring people into play uh, was something that really pleased Darren Murphy. And uh, it's good as well when you have Mark and Bully coming off the bench, a young local lad, to get the winner in, in, the, in the last couple of minutes. And uh, it's going to be much more difficult for them this week. And good, good in all as Finn Harps were last week. And I thought they were very good. I thought Longford were very disappointing and really surprised that at how poor they were, given the fact that uh, Stephen Henderson in charge knows the league inside out, and you would expect much more.
2: And it's fair to say that the budget of clubs mirrors their league positions pretty frequently in the League of Ireland. You you would expect Cork to be the the pace-setters in this division. Uh, outside of Cork, Anthony, who who do you think is most likely to figure? It's early days yet, there's been changes of managers and personnel, so it's uh, probably uh, a little bit of crystal ball gazing.
3: It is, yeah. Um, obviously, Cork's at least one be the big favourites, and I'm sure, you know, after one game, you'll be looking at, you know, Athlone had a really good start to their season last week, and, you know, they've been in the, in the doldrums for a long time now, and, and like growing up uh, Athlone were always traditionally a very strong team and I'm sure they'll have aspirations of getting back. Wexford have uh, James Kelly in charge there and you know, they've signed well over, over the close season and you'd expect them to be challenging. Cork's obviously the the out and out favourites, but teams like Van Harps, um it's important that I heard Darren Murphy talk about the first nine games and getting to know the league and getting to know the opposition and I'm sure a lot of teams will be playing playing at K.G. for the first first couple of games to they, they see what the what the opposition are are going to come up with and what you know they get a better lay of the land after the first month or so. But um, listen, Cork the favourites, Chris, and then success for for five or six clubs is going to be challenging for playoff positions, and that's the best that I'm sure a lot of them can hope for.
2: Harps against uh, Cork this weekend in Battle Buffet, if you were in the Harps camp, would you be taking a point, if you could, in advance?
3: I think you would. Like, and that's not been in any way negative. Um, this is going to be a real challenge. But I'm sure, like, listen, Darren Murphy's very confident and um, he's worked very hard to get, get the players that he has brought in. And um, I think we saw enough last week that they're, that they're going to be competitive. But in saying that, I'm sure... He would be delighted to take a point, of course, at, at this early stage of the season, and and going to, you know, finish off his first two games undefeated and sitting with maybe four points.
2: Well, Anthony, uh, Kenny Rovers in action this weekend, uh, Gwador United, the opposition in the Ulster Cup, and after the disappointment, uh, you were so unlucky going out of the FAI Junior Cup. Uh, no doubt, you'd like to set your sights on on getting some silverware back to Leckview Park.
3: Yeah, obviously, you know that's our aim is to challenge for the league and obviously go as far in as many cup competitions as we can, Chris. Uh, unfortunately, our our junior cup campaign has come to an end and was disappointing the end at that. But we're back in action this Sunday now down in Gidor, and you know that's going to be really difficult because they've been going they've been going really well. They're been really competitive in the league and they've done they've done really well to get the semi final of the Ulster Cup. The door will be no different to ourselves. Crystal, see this as an opportunity to get to a final, and obviously Buncrana and Cockhill in the other semi-final, and whoever comes out of of our game is is going to have a a massive task in their hands because you know both Cockhill and Bunkrana are, are going really well in their league, but we're looking forward to, to getting back in action this this Sunday. We haven't had a game now since the Mail game, so uh, you know just the boys are looking to get back in back and playing.
0: Former Harpsman Anthony Gorman speaking to Chris Ashmore. And as they mentioned there, I suppose the two standout ties this weekend locally is those semi-finals in the Ulster Junior Cup on Sunday. Guido United hosting lerner Rovers and Cockhill Celtic taking on bonn Hearts. Kick-off time to those games is 1.30 on Sunday afternoon. And there is a, a programme of fixtures in both the Donegal Junior League on Saturday and Sunday and indeed in the Inishowen League on Sunday as well. But there could be a title one. On Sunday afternoon, Ballybuffet United are hosting Lifford Celtic. It's the battle of the top two in Division 2 of the Donegal Junior League. A point in that game for the home side Ballybuffet. And they will win the title and gain promotion up to Division 1. OK, it's time for a break here on The Score. Uh, back with more on Gaelic Games after these. Highland Sport is brought to you by Michael Murphy Sports and Leisure, Kenny, Cross the finish line in style with trainers from michaelmurphysports.ie. Okay, welcome back to uh, the SCORE programme here on Highland as we turn our focus to uh, Gaelic Games. Coming up, we'll be hearing from Donegal, Hernan Campton, who is uh, Conor Gartland. They've got a match against their neighbours Tyrone to take place. This coming Saturday afternoon at Healy Park in Oma. But before that, we're going to look forward to Sunday's action because Donegal, of course, are taking on Armagh in Division 2 of the National Football League. It is, of course, it is, of course, a top-of-the-table clash. And to look forward to that game and talk Donegal Gaelic games, and in particular Donegal football, we're joined by a man that knows a thing or two about it. winning in in All-Ireland with Donegal in 2012, former player Eamon McGee. Eamon, welcome back to the Airwaves of Highland once again.
4: Cheers, Ashen. Good to be good to be on.
0: Yeah, and uh, looking forward to a good game as well, Eamon. Uh, Armagh against Donegal, the two teams that are sitting top of the pile in Division Two, and I suppose it's fair to say the biggest game of the year uh, so far that we're we're looking into now.
4: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest game of the year, you know. People would have looked to the Derry game as a kind of benchmark of where we're at now, but but I don't think the Donegal group approached it that way. I thought you know it was it was a free shot and you know there was a there was a lot of changes in, in the team in the McKenna Cup final now. But this is the this is the real test now. Armagh probably shouldn't be in division two. and um, they would see themselves a division one team with with aspirations. I mean about later in the year and and Donegal are wanting to get to that get to that stage. So it'll be a good test. Um, Donegal have passed every test they've had so far with with flying colours. Yeah. Lots to work on but we're moving in the right direction and it'll be it'll be good to see where we're at in, in Irma.
0: Yeah. They were a wee bit slow in getting going in the first half against against Fermanagh last week, but really turned the screw in the uh, in the start of the second half. And one man that was very impressive throughout the day was your own club man Dara How do you rate that performance of, of Donegal and in particular Darrow last week?
4: Uh, with, with Donegal, it was, it was a poor enough fir- first half. They were, they weren't slick and sloppy enough on things and they seemed a wee bit lethargic. So whatever Jim, Jim and the lads got the minute, got at the minute half time, made their, made the right changes, brought a bit of kind of focus to them. And they were a complete, completely different team. And, you know, they just blew, blew for man, blew for mana away. And in terms of Dara, Dara was, was probably one of the few positives in, in, in the first half, and he just kept it going and, it, and it's great to see because he's always had the potential to kick on to this level um and we're we're just delighted for him for as 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 clubmates of him we're just delighted to see that you know everybody else is starting to see what what Darrow Boyle's potential potential is, and it's important that he just doesn't listen to the likes of us, and just keeps the head down. And you know it's all about what he what he does in championship, and that's that's where he'll be really remembered on what what happens there in the summertime.
0: Donegal, you would expect them to come out something similar in the opening half against Armagh as they did against uh, Fermanagh and in, in the second half, it's an easier game to get up for, is it, Eamon?
4: Yeah, it's a it's an easier game, and obviously the McGuini M- M- factor, and there'll be a bit of there'll be a bit of uh, needle in it, McGuini and uh, and the lads will be wanting to put Donegal back in back in their place, and you know you stay in your stay stay down there and leave leave the big stuff to us big boys, and McGuinness will want to prove that point, and their Ma players will want to do the same. You know this Donegal team we supposed to be moving away in terms of contention for Ulster, but. Under under McGinnis, they they find a new focus. So they'll want to leave leave the leave their mark, and it'll be interesting to see. You remember, was it two years ago? There was a bit of needle in O'Donnell Park, you know, and there there was a bit of a Mal- melee Mal- Mal- and that that kind of bit. And we will probably see some. We we bit of needle again on on Sunday. So it'll be for us as spectators. It'll be great to see.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly going to be a good watch. But Armagh obviously is down at the minute. Ryan O'Neill, Ethan Rafferty is is out injured. Uh, James Morgan, who you would, who you would see as a, a starter in the fifteen for the championship, and uh, in, in Armagh not playing at at the moment either. So uh, listen, Donegal will go on, and yes, they they're missing a couple of players as well. But it's a fixture that Donegal are very capable of winning at the Athletic Grounds. The way things are going,
4: hundred percent. Now, Ethan Rafferty is a big weapon in the way Armagh have attacked in this last few years. Um, he he helps create that overlap and and punches holes and even if he he's not if he's not scoring now uh, he's just creating them wee pockets of space. Brian uh, O'Neill is obviously you know is one of the best players in Ulster if if not the if not the country. So not having not having him on the field is is a positive from a from a Donegal perspective. But if you if you looked at the Kildare game last weekend, um. Kildare's poor as aware. You had to give it to Armagh, what the way they, they move the move the ball and the the way they just where they where they're at at the minute. I think I think they're making a push. Let's get out of Division Two and let's let's get concentrating on on getting into that semi final and into the into the All Ireland contention.
0: Yeah, uh, and from a league point of view, no matter what way the result goes, if it's Donegal or if it's Armagh, you would expect him and both of these teams to get promotion and make it to Croke Park to that final?
4: You would expect it, yeah, de- definitely you'd expect it, but you, you just can't let the guard down. All are building, they're, they're working, and I, th- I think they're more a wee bit ahead in terms of the the journey they've been on and the work they've done on under McGuinness, so this is, to keep reminding remind yourself this is Jim's first year, so It'll take time to really bed in in terms of what what he's wanting to achieve, and you know he's done a lot of work and and the time he's been there, but there's still a good bit to go. And um, whatever way the result goes, that you'd hope that the two, that Donegal for for us anyway will be will be in Division One next year and continue that journey under on, on Jim, um, and probably Armal expect to be in that conversation too. Yeah, but you just got to keep the focus. It's dangerous to start talking. Like that, and in terms of the squads, all right for us to talk about. It, but in the in the squad, if they keep the eye off the ball, then some team will catch them out. Yep.
0: You've played several games at the Athletic Grounds, obviously against our Ar- um, You might maybe tell us about some of your ex- experiences of an, uh, an Armagh city, Eamon.
4: Ah, yeah, it's it's a good, it's 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 one of them ones that it's not too big, like it's just a nice, cozy ground and. You know when it when it's full up, it's 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 a it's a good atmosphere, and it can be it's an intimidating atmosphere. So, and and a good way, you know, you have a lot of Armagh. The Armap fans are passionate. They can be overly passionate, and uh, if if we can say that at at times. Um, and and that's good that's good to to be going in for the likes of Dara, for the likes of, you know, washing Gallen and, and these lads to be going into an environment layout there. That Donegal hopefully will take up a good bit of support, Armagh will be well supported and it'll be a it'll be a packed tight ground and um, that's where you that's where you learn. Can can the players do it in an environment like that? Um Scran doing it in the middle of the winter when there's very few at these McKenna Cup games or early league games and it's it's days like Sunday that'll We'll see where, where players are at.
0: Yeah. Uh, just finally, then, obviously, we can talk about different things and, and different challenges. And you have the players from either side, you have the managers from either side, McGinney and McGuinness, that know each other very well. Uh, about a bit of talk this week about the, the sort of the forwards coach of of Armagh, Kieran Donaghay. And, and obviously, now we've got Colin McFadden, a, a good friend of yours in there in, in, in the Donegal setup as well. It'll be interesting to see how, how both of those coaches are, are are implementing, I suppose, their tactics in the game, man?
4: Definitely, and we we've seen with Armah through down, you know, previous years where, you know, obviously we don't know what's going on in the training ground, but it looked like that, you know, that long ball that Donahue had perfected, you know, and been in the right spot, you know, laying it off, then that long ball, and Armagh were working on it in terms of their their forward play, and you have to remember, Donahue is a basketball player, and he he's. Well versed in terms of the coaching and basketball, and Jay, and he, and he's from what what I understand, he's a good operator in, in in the coaching world. And you know, I I would have chatted to call him and worked with him at different times. And he's he's smart too. So two lads that know how to attack and how to coach a good attacking game. People talk about the the game being you know negative and and this and that, and people getting. But it's just a challenge and and it's, it's up to the likes of the Colin McFadden and the Kieran Dunnies to work out this challenge and from what I can see that they they, they embrace it and they don't whinge about oh, there's too many people back. They they just try to work out the problem and try to stay stay positive and they're two really, really smart coaches, so it's it's good to see.
0: Yeah. On on that point that you're making and um- we obviously see it ourselves at the game, and when we're, when we're commentating on it, the the over and back, the lateral ball is is starting to to disappear. Yes, it's very much defensive when all thirty well, twenty nine of the thirty players, and if you include the opposition goalkeeper, at times that everybody's actually in one half in the field. But it's all about the transition and the turnover, and 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 the running game after that, Eamon, which which sort of takes away the boring and the the bit of the game that we've been given out about about the lateral over and back in football.
4: Ah yeah, well first thing Jim said when he came in um, you know, you get these kind of, I don't know, experts that would have said, oh Jim McGuinness is back to ruin football and if you've looked at the way Donegal have played um, it kind of contradicts what, what what they've said and first thing, one of the things Jim was looking to change was this possession type and looking to be that wee bit more positive in terms of you know, we've become too conservative, we've become a bit too risk averse and Definitely, Jim has 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 looked to change it, and um, I'm really excited. He's go, he's going to bring more to it. He's going to from from be involved in the soccer world and and the coach world. I'm excited. What what else? What else does he does he bring? And we we have to realize that the the Gaelic game of Gaelic is different from what we would have grew up with, and unless we just press the reset button and and say we'll go back to what we what we want. This is this is where it's at now and we, we just have to accept it. Um that there's going to be periods where there's possession and you know, it's just about getting asking the right questions when when you're in that attacking mode.
0: Just finally, finally then, if you were involved now, would you enjoy all the running that's that that's part of it now, you and the way the game has evolved from from when you were a a member of a full back line in Donegal in 2010-2012.
4: I'd love it. I'd love, I'd love to be, um, I'd love to be involved in a, in a, in a setup that, as that's one of the things for, forget about the way it's played. Like the, Jim's principles remain the same from what, from when he was involved. And he just wants lads just to give, give all of themselves and really, really put themselves out there. And I just love to be part of an environment like that there. And it's like people give out about the commitment. It's big commitment, but there's a lot of sports around the, around the country, you know, when you when, when you go into the gym early in the morning, it's not just J players that are there, there's people that are doing running, there's people that are cyclists that are there, and if you want to get to the top in anything at all, you, you have to put the commitment in, you have to put the work in, and it's just good to be, I think it's a privilege to be in and about, and you don't have to be one in, it's just good to uh, to be in and, in and around that for any young person of that age, and maybe the, the, the not so young too, like, yeah.
0: Well, listen, we look forward to Sunday as always, Eamon. Thanks for uh, joining us and we'll catch up soon again.
4: Cheers, Arsene. Thank you. No.
0: And once again, just to remind our listeners that Armagh against Donegal at the Athletics Ground on Sunday will be live here on Highland. At 3 o'clock is the start time for the big top of the table clash in uh, Division 2. Uh, elsewhere, football ways this weekend. Games involving Northwest counties. Derry, of course are taking on Galway on Sunday. That one starts at uh, a quarter to two at Pierce Stadium as Derry look to maintain their push at the top of uh, Division 1. While uh, Tyrone, who have won just one of their opening three matches, they'll uh, be hoping to get back to winning ways against Mayo on Saturday. Uh, 5.15 is the start time at Hayley Park and Oma there for Tyrone as they look to uh, get a second win. Of the campaign uh, likewise it 's also a, a busy weekend for the the Northwest counties on the Harland front. Derry are playing London in Division two B on Sunday. Derry of course, lead the way, having won two from two and top the standings while Tyrone and Donegal have won one of their opening two matches, and the Northwest sides are set to clash on Saturday afternoon in the opening match at uh, Hayley Park. Before the football, there will be the hurling, and that one starts at uh, 3 o'clock. Uh, to uh, look forward to that game now, I'm joined by Donegal captain Conor Gartland. Conor, you're welcome to the to the airwaves of Highland.
5: Thanks for having me, Ashley.
0: Well, well, listen, Conor, before we actually do look ahead uh, to that game against Tyrone, so far in the campaign, got under the break, uh, one victory down in Wicklow, which was tremendous, and then a defeat then against Derry. Uh, How would you sum up the opening series of matches?
5: Um, I'd say they've went fairly well for us, you know. I mean, going down to Wicklow and lifting points is obviously a great way to start the league, and Derry were a very, very good team now. we, We played well. We were held with them rightly in the first half, but just they pulled away from us in the second, but I don't think we could have too many complaints so far in the league, and started off the season well actually enough, getting on to a good start one in the McGurk Cup. So can't really have too many complaints now. I'd say we're we're happy enough where we're sitting, going on the now.
0: Yeah, and I know Mickey said it as well. Going under the dairy game, that it's a it's a good measure of where you guys are a grip is that at the minute despite all the I suppose the regular names and the regular players that that, that you're missing but it's that game against Derry, even though there was defeat in it there was a lot to take away from it Connor
5: I absolutely I mean we put on a very good team performance and you can nearly say we made a deserve to be up at the break but they just pulled away in the second half and I mean we are down quite a few like first team starters from last year I was reading an article today I think Mickey said we might have eight kind of first choice players from last year out So it's it's a real rebuilding kind of side this year. Down a lot of experienced men like Danny, Colin, Declan Coulter, Ronan McDermott, Christopher McDermott. I could go on. Like we have a lot, a lot of good experienced men missing this year from last year. But it's a new team now. We're looking younger. We're looking fresh. So we're happy enough with how we're going anyway.
0: Yeah, but in saying that at the same time, Connor, uh, if we go back to last year, Donegal had their injury problems, and, and you, of course, were one of them. And there was a group of young players that came up through the ranks and, and played exceptionally well, particularly during the league campaign uh, last year. So it's not that it's all new, new for you guys as a group. You've been around there for a, for a couple of years behind these older veteran players and, and now it's your turn to, to, to uh, I suppose stamp down a regular place for you
5: I definitely I mean we got our um, we got our chances like but this would be the first time where that team's kind of set in stone and like there's a lot of lads who have been around the panel the right few years like Kieran Bradley Ryan Helford. who've been like sort of honing their skills and they've really getting their chance now and they're playing well so we can't really complain too much and the young side seems to be working out for us so far so can't complain, but a wee bit more experience could probably serve us well, but we're happy enough with the team we've got, definitely.
0: Yeah, and as I said at the start and, and the intro, looking to get back to winning ways this weekend, following that defeat against Derry, Tyrone, the opposition. What are you? What sort of game are you expecting at the weekend, Ah,
5: uh, An absolute dogfight, to be honest with you. I mean, you. You always know what you're going to get with Tyrone, and we'd like to think we're the same in terms of doggedness and determination, so definitely be that kind of a game. There'll be a lot of a lot of um intensity in it, 100%. There'll be a lot of skill as well, so it'll be, definitely be a good game. We're looking forward to it. So it'll be a good battle. It'll really show us where we're at as well.
0: Yep. What's training been like over the last couple of weeks going into this one?
5: Good. Good. We can't have any complaints. We're working away getting our S&C done with Shane Sweeney, who's over us at the minute, and Gabriel's our head coach. And training's good, and the, the camp's looking well, so we're looking forward to a good test this weekend.
0: Yeah. And if you were to get that one and, and come through that test, obviously it would put you on to, to four points and would put you back in contention again, obviously looking to finish in the top placings in, in Division 2, Connor, because the leagues are all going to change next year.
5: Yeah, well, that's kind of been our goal in regards to the league from the start of the season is to finish in that top three at least to make sure we get up next year and start playing at a higher level. And I feel like a one this weekend would set us in good stead for that. So... Hopefully, get a get ourselves over the line and see how it goes.
0: Listen, Connor, when you were named captain of of the Donegal team, um, I might be wrong on this, but I think you're the youngest ever captain of uh, of a senior panel. Bait in football and in hurling. Uh, so, how have you settled into the role? Do you enjoy the role? Is there any pressure in the role, Connor?
5: I absolutely do enjoy it and like as you said there is obviously a lot of pressure with getting named like that there at such a young age but I'm trying to just do what I was doing before. I'm maybe trying to be a wee bit more vocal and stuff around training and game days but I'm settling into the role and I'm really enjoying it. It's it's a great thing and it's a great honour to be honest to be given that there kind of a role at this age so I couldn't have no complaints I'm settling under rightly I think but I've obviously could be doing a lot better in some ways, but you could always say that about everything. But definitely, I'm happy enough, and seems to be going alright this yeah. far.
0: Yeah, and you're learning as you go along, and you're learning on the education front as well as you're going along because you're in your final year at at, at University of Ulster. How do you manage to juggle all the sport and, and and the books at the same time, as well as being a a leader of a team, Connor?
5: Um, it's it's tough enough now. Sometimes, like um. I have a lot of work on at the minute because I'm just finishing up in final year, so I'll be busy enough at college. But that the other thing is as well, coming down to training and stuff, it is really a release. You just leave everything else at the gate, and I'm going in just trying to lead as well as I can in there. So I, I, it definitely helps with my studies as well, I think being able to have that release and then being able to go back to it. But busy enough a few weeks ahead now, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, just finally, uh, what's your hurling background, Connor? and I suppose who? Who were your influences in the sport?
5: Um, I wouldn't have much of a family-hurling background now. My father would have been a football man, Gaelic football man from Tyrone, and my mother wouldn't have had much of a sporting background now. But just going down to Burt as a young lad, I got to see the... I'd have been watching the older Burt lads who would have been brilliant at the time and competing in Ulster and stuff, like likes of Jude Campbell, Joe Boyle. They'd have been... It kind of boys you'd have been inspiring to be like, and even lads that are still on the team nowadays, like Ronan, Ronan McDermott and Stephen Gillespie, just seeing them boys as a young lad has kind of inspired me to try and push on and focus on my heart a wee bit more.
0: Yeah, and of course, you mentioned a few names there that they claimed the steps of Croke Park and won a Nicky Rackard title. Will that be a dream, would it, to, yeah. to lead Donegal to a championship as captain, Connor?
5: Oh, an absolute dream come true. You know, yeah. I'm trying not to think too far ahead towards that, but it's hard to not keep your mind on it. I'm just trying to keep the head down and keep ticking away and try and get us as close to there as possible without getting carried away. But it would be an absolute dream come true.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot of hurling to be played between that and uh, come the Nicky Record Championship, including a game against Tyrone this weekend. Listen, Connor, thanks for joining us, and, and we wish you all the best this weekend at OMA.
5: All right, thank you very much, Ashin. Thanks for having me.
0: So 3 o'clock is, is the start time for that game in Healy Park between Tyrone and Donegal, and we will have updates from the match here in Highland on uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, just finally, uh, Elsewhere Gaelic Games, it's a big weekend for Abbey Vocational School Donegal Town, because they're playing Dunmore Community School of Galway. It's the All-Ireland Schools B semi-final. And it's taking place on Saturday at Kent Park in Sligo. A huge day for Abbey as they look to make it to the All-Ireland final. And we wish them the very best of luck in that fixture. And that brings an end to the score programme for tonight. Don't forget, if you missed any of the show, you can recap on our website, highlandradio.com. Chris Ashmore is along with our next sport tomorrow morning after the 30. News from EOSH and Kelly. Have a very good evening.